And welcome back to the Film Realcast. It's episode 165. And as promised, we are back again. I'm back with Neil and Paul. Chaps, how are you doing? Very yeah, well, good. mate. Right, good. Love you. You back. Lovely to have you back. And this week, we're doing your choice, Paul. Yeah. We're doing Moneyball. Moneyball. 2011. It, I think this is... We haven't got James on the podcast, who is the other ex-professional sportsman with yes. his wrestling career. But I think this is the only second... <laughs> sports um kind of related uh review we've done um, and i don't know if how based on a true story the wrestler was with regards to if it's an actual character but this is a based on a true story paul tell me and tell everyone else listening why you chose moneyball um why did i choose moneyball because it just we we don't really do sport podcast and i know that like, when we look at the podcasts we've done certainly the ones where i was looking at over the last few weeks they're all sort of action-packed aren't they and there's nothing kind of yeah this seemed a little bit off the wall um a little bit different so i thought we'd, we'd just try something odd yeah Down did check. you know what it was about when you, you kind of chose this did you have an idea uh, only in as much as i read the 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 pricey from wikipedia or something you know so i thought yeah and then i obviously watched the trailer on netflix i thought yeah let's give it a go and you know if you've got brad pitt's a good actor isn't he so if you know he signed up to it and um and i thought yeah it was really good and i thought jonah hill um was particularly good in it too so i thought yeah let's give it a watch and see if we can do it what about yourself, Neil? I mean, had you seen this? I, I guess not, or have you? No, never heard of it. Um, and I don't really know much about base, baseball either. So it wasn't something I'd ever looked at, to be honest. And oh. when when it was sort of put out that we were going to review it, I sort of had the sigh going, oh, God. Your heart sank. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Oh, no. No, no, please not. But, yeah, no. Um, pleasantly <clears throat> surprised, I would say. Mm. So no, but I had nothing, no idea about it whatsoever. What about you, Stu? Had you heard of this film? I'd heard of it and I'd heard good things, which probably oh, yeah. didn't help because I went into it with quite high expectations. But I'd, it, I was interested to see it, and I've always, I've seen it about, and I've always kind of skipped over it. I've hesitated on it because Brad Pitt is a draw for me. I'll always watch something if Brad Pitt's in because I, I yeah. think he's. He's a really, really good actor, and I think he always brings something different to most of the films he's in. Um, but I don't, I'm not unlike you, Paul, who I know is a massive fan of American football. Yeah. Uh, and I don't like baseball. I've tried to watch baseball when the Olympics was on, they had baseball on there. I just find it really baseball, cricket, stuff like that. Mm. I find really boring. Bat and ball. Yeah. It was what really, really <laughs> put me off, to be honest, yeah. of, of I, watching it. I'm um, not a fan of baseball either, mate. Um, really so it was just it was just pushing the boundary for me really yeah yeah no it's fair enough and as i say it's it was directed by um bennett miller and it was originally originally steven soderbergh who was going to direct it i mean steven soderbergh comes with a massive pedigree like um he did the oceans 12 film solaris mm-hmm. um, oceans all the oceans 11 aaron brockovich lie me outside everything he's massive but he wanted to make it more of a an actual kind of documentary featuring the actual players who were playing then. Um, and he put it in a direction which was just wasn't working for Sony. Uh, so they basically canned him. 
Uh, and then that's when they brought the another director in to take it in a direction that they wanted to go. So it could have been completely different. But mm. as you, you say, you've got Brad Pitt, who plays Billy Bean, um, Jonah Hill, who plays Peter Brand, um, a Chris Pratt, who lost a lot of weight for this part. He worked very hard to get this part. Um, he plays Scott Hattenberg. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who plays Art Howe, who's the coach of the baseball team, um, and he's joined by um, quite a big cast of other people who you recognise who have been in several different things. I mean, you've got Arliss Howard and you've got Kerry Dorsey, who is in um, oh, I've got a, a film on Sky Atlantic. I can't remember now. Well, I always used to watch that all the time, which is terrible. It's gone out of my mind. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's got a really, really a good cast. But before we kind of kick off into the story, I th- do you think uh, Jonah Hill, uh, did you need Jonah Hill in this at all? I yeah. liked it. I liked yeah, what did you, him what did you think, uh, Paul? Yeah, I, I liked him. Um, you did need him in it um, for his prowess regarding his ability to use the computer and uh, and 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 he he all all throughout the vein throughout even when you could see that um brad pitt's character was uh buddy bean was doubting it he he had the 100 percent belief behind the formula well i mean what i mean by that i mean did you need i mean did jonah hill need to play um the character of um peter brand who was the uh, like, the intelligence behind the, the whole idea of it do you think that he was paramount did it need jonah hill oh, difficult to say really but he played it well you know yeah i, I would say that it did what do you think uh, well i i didn't think it did to be honest i i mean for those who've never seen this film as i say it was all new to to all of us uh, with regards to what it was about. Um, it's about the Oakland A's, Oakland Athletics, general manager Billy Dean is handicapped with the lowest salary constraint in baseball. If he ever wants to win the World Series, Billy must find a competitive advantage. And Billy is about to turn baseball on its ear when he uses statistical data to analyse and place value on the players that he picks for the team. And in doing so, he brings Peter Brandin, who comes in with a computer programme, who will analyse the players, look at those analytics to players that wouldn't have been chosen due to either being overweight, but they bring, they've got the ability, and if that ability is used right by studying the figures that go with their play, they, it enhances their performance. And they don't believe, the, the old timers don't believe it will work. And that's basically them two going against the system, proving them wrong. Mm. But I'd, I must admit, I didn't think um Jonah Hill brought much I thought anybody could have played that role and it would have still worked I th- I also think that I possibly wouldn't have enjoyed this film and possibly wouldn't have even watched it if it wasn't for Brad Pitt I think Brad Pitt makes this film an interesting film to watch with his screen presence alone I think if if it wasn't him and they chose someone else, chose the wrong person. I think being a sport that I've got no interest in, even watching this, it didn't kind of think, oh, maybe I'll start checking this out and have a look. 
but I would have probably I could have checked out of this film, you know. Mm. I, I get what you're saying with Brad Pitt because he is a massive draw and he is a very very good actor. He's very diverse in the fact that he can pretty much put his hand to anything and he's fantastic but i think with anybody in this film other than him potentially unless you've got another big name like that every character could have been played by somebody else and it wouldn't have really mattered yeah that's my personal opinion i liked jonah hill's acting in this i thought he did very well for a very dry character and a nervous he, he played the, he was a very nervous dry character he had no confidence in himself but he had in his theories and that he'd sort of put together hadn't he because it was yes. all his idea and and billy beans obviously got hold of it and said right we're going to run with it and that's how the film progressed but um i've got no issue with jonah hill in this whatsoever i can see your point but you could probably say that about absolutely anybody. Does Chris Pratt need to be Scott Hatterberg? No, because he's not in it enough to give you any sort of performance that you think, wow, he he had to be Chris Pratt for that that part. It could have been played by anybody. Yeah, and that, no, I completely agree. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was thinking even for Brad Pitt's one, um, I don't know if you've seen Friday Night Lights um, with Carl Chandler about the kind of college uh, American football he's perfect <clears throat> for a role like this he'd, he'd be really really well suited he could take Brad Pitt's role and it would still draw my attention because he's he's a really really good actor but I mean it, it starts off with it's money orientated just like the Premier League it's like most sports really and it starts off with actual footage with New York Yankees against the Oakland um, Athletics and it even says 114 million versus 39 million so that kind of just puts in perspective of what you're up against and that money, as we know, money in the end of the day always succeeds. And regardless of what people say, you can, I don't know if you guys think different, but you can buy glory, you can buy leagues and you can buy success. Can. Yeah, rather than, of course you can. Buy Munich, well, Paris Saint-Germain, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man City, Liverpool, yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea. I, name, name a load of bloody Premier League clubs. Actually, actually Stanley. <laughs> who are they exactly oh, <laughs> you had to say it you had to say definitely. it definitely <laughs> but had either of you heard of um billy bean before this nope nope no. not at all not at all i have to say i, I like the story mm. and i like the fact it's based on true events or real life events and that is something that sort of hooks me to this film i think if it wasn't the fact that it was based around a true story i would have lost interest in it mm. because it's you know it's just someone's story about what could have happened in the sport i have no interest in it was quite out there wasn't it the fact that he was going against like decades and decades of history of how they've you bought in and used players mm. um so you're right neil if it <clears throat> had it have been a made up you know just a made up story you, you wouldn't really I wouldn't really sign up to it, but because it was true and he put his neck on the line and lost a lot of friends and, and colleagues on the way, um, you know, he invested heavily into it. So it was, you could see that it was, it was quite, it was a draw for me for that. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. I mean, uh, and I think the fact that it was based on a true story and they, to a certain degree, I'm sure that to stay rigid to what happened, yeah. it, they, they couldn't do the, 
the Disney ending, which would have been so tropey and predictable, yes. that would have just killed the film. But yeah, the fact that they had to stick to it, and and again, I, I wish I kind of had that interest to, to to do a bit more kind of investigation, a bit more reading and looking at, at this, like the baseball team and when he came along, because to see what kind of guy he was, because it's interesting when he goes to meet the actual owner of the whole team, um, that when he's asking for money, when he's asking for to buy players and to invest, and it seems like much to like Brad Pitt's frustration um, that they're kind of happy to be set at mediocre, aren't they? Due to the finances. Mm. Well, they, they, they can't do much else, can they? They've, they're, they're stuck in a rut. Yeah. It's, it's, they, he hasn't, he's not a billionaire owner, is he? He's obviously no. a rich man, but he's not going to basically ruin himself and the club just on a whim that he might get somewhere. Which is how things should be run. Yeah, paying a a ton of money to three players that just aren't performing. Yeah, one thing that kind of I don't know whether it helps if you I don't understand any of the rules and some of the terminology I had to stop and look up Mm. um, to what they were going on about, and I got lost on some of the names when he's ringing people up so quick. I didn't know who he was referring to, who was a manager, who was a player what was actually going on mm. um and I, I kind of switched off sometimes i thought i was just really struggling to catch up with what's going on but I, I did like the conversation when he's sitting down and some of these people aren't proper scouts and proper um ex-professionals when they're sitting at this table and they're talking about the players that they need to hire and who they need to get in to replace them and brad pitt is or billy bean is a case of we can't find replacements, no matter how much we spend on this shitty budget we've got. And they're talking about, I don't like the look of this person's girlfriend, which means he hasn't got good kind of taste. He's, he's unpredictable, which means his play's mm. unpredictable. And all of these old school tropes that they they believe in, you know what I mean? And, and you can tell that Brad Pitt mm. isn't buying into it. It's a really good conversation that they're having. I, I like Perez. He's uh, got a classic swing. It's real clean stroke. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Can't hit the curveball. Well, there's some work to be done. I'll admit that. Yeah, but there is. Uh, he's noticeable. Got an ugly girlfriend. What's that mean? Ugly girlfriend means no confidence. Okay. Oh good. no, you guys are full of it. Artie is right. This guy's got an attitude. An attitude is good. I mean, it's the kind of guy who walks into a room. His dick has already been there for two minutes. Yeah, passes the eye candy test. He's got the looks. He's ready to play the part. He just needs to get some playing time. I'm just saying. His girlfriend is a six at best. Look, if we're trying to replace Beyonce, this guy could be it. I agree with you. Yeah, they're just talking, and just it's the same conversation they probably have every season. Yeah. What I did like in that scene was they had the they had the list of all the all the free agents behind them on that whiteboard, and my attention was drawn immediately to Pat Mahomes, who's Patrick Mahomes is who's the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. Uh, it was his his dad was right hand pitcher for various various teams, and it was oh, his really? name. Yeah, well, it was nice to see his name up there. All right, very so... successful. So there was a, a real decent level of detail then, isn't there, into this? Yeah, there was a ton of names behind them, but it was just the first one I picked up. Yeah, and again, some of these names will be lost to me, but but the, you do get the flashback of when Brad Pitt, when Billy Bean was a youngster, 
And he was scouted himself and he had all the attributes, the size, the pitch, the speed. And you learn that he was scouted out and that he was offered a massive contract. And I think it was at Harvard University he was going to go. Yeah, Yale. Yale. And uh, it was a, a toss up between what he wanted to do. And, and in an interview, it was a case. It was the first time. I think it was the Mets that asked him to join. He said it's the only time in his life that he's ever made a decision based on money um, because of they offered so much at that time. I think it was 125,000, I think, um, was their incentive. It was around about that much. And you could tell from when they do the flashbacks from when he's younger to now of that look of regret, which helps me as a viewer who has no idea about it as to what possibly went wrong, which is really helpful. Yeah, it's one thing. It's a lovely going back into obviously who he was without, and it was it was really nicely done. Yeah, I yeah. Think. I think Who's the the baseball team with the Indian like the symbol? The Chiefs. Which Chiefs? Because I got so confused the, of watch teams. Honestly, I think it was the Cleveland Indians, wasn't it? I've got, no, I've got no idea. I. I but was I a really question. struggled. I think it was. A, I think it again. Was a, I, I kind of found myself wandering off, trying to work out who was what and who he actually worked for at some points. You know. The thing is that didn't bother me in this. I didn't, oh, didn't really. Ca- no, I didn't really give a crap about the terminology or who the teams were particularly, because it, I was more interested in the story of sort of the underdog if you like yeah um so this could have been you know hockey or basketball or any other sport that i know of but don't really pay much attention to and i think i still would have enjoyed it i was enjoying the performances and the story especially from brad when he was in that room having a meeting with the scouts Mm. i was instantly hooked at that point because yeah. I just loved the fact that he just kept shooting them down and he was basically turning around saying, now, what do we need to do? And they all kept just giving the same answer. And it's like, yeah. that's not what I'm after. And it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know what all the teams and stuff are, but it honestly it didn't bother me at all. Yeah, same so, here. It... No, see, I like to know that. And that's... I always, I don't know, it's just me when I look at stuff. I, I just need to know what's going on. I need to know why he's, why people are doing <laughs> certain things. And uh, for the flow of the film, I mean, Brad Pitt's performance is spot on. It's so, so good. And I, I, having no idea about this uh, Billy Bean it probably helped me that I wasn't influenced in, yeah, Billy Bean always had such a, a certain attitude and a way about him, like a certain mannerism. But it was quite nice that Brad Pitt was giving me this and I believe what he was saying, which was really, really refreshing. Because usually yeah. he's in a film where he's kicking crap out of someone and making wise ass like answers, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But well, that, I that did... just goes to show his range, doesn't it? Oh, hundred percent, like mate. Yeah, completely. And and it's great that he can do shit like this. But the scene where he was wherever that is with the that Indian symbol, that baseball team, and he's in the office. And it, it seemed really intimidating that he's talking to what I feared or figured was the, the owner of the club. 
And he's virtually on his knees asking for money, trying to deal with players. And sitting behind him is about six guys who just don't know who they are. And they're all staring at him. And any decision that he wants, there's a private conversation and a shake or a nod of the head. And the mm. decision's made. I mean, it's a really... It is intimidating, isn't it? It's all about power. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. But that's the thing, you know. It's big league stuff, isn't it? And... Um, but yeah, could you imagine going into a meeting like that and you don't even get introduced to these people, do you? You just sit down and you've got all these people behind you and then he's asking and then he just looks over at them every time we ask for someone going, nah, I'm not selling him. Yeah. Yeah, it must be horrendous. Yeah, especially as all of these guys are players as well and they all know that Brad Pitt or Billy Bean is coming in there and that he's got really kind of very little leverage to play with mm. and that they can just pull his pants down and just spank his ass and take whatever <laughs> players they've got. And they keep saying to him, we don't, no disrespect, but, you know, you can't afford this, you can't afford that, yeah. don't they? So he, he's already on a loser and it's probably, as you say, intimidating, but it's probably quite humiliating as well. Yeah. Oh, massively. He, he holds his own really well, doesn't he, in this scene? Mm. And yeah, he, he does. He's and clearly a confident bloke, isn't he? He's confident. He knows what he wants and he knows what he can, he's got to use. But he, at no point does he turn around and go, oh, you know, oh, please and all this sort of stuff. He's just like, all right, it's fine. You know, yeah, you can see he's getting pissed off. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <he> just, <laughs> just a bit, yeah. <laughs> and he, he doesn't obviously get his way. And I like the fact he comes straight out of the meeting and then he goes to see Jonah Hill, who plays Peter Brand. Um and he, he basically asks kind of what went on, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> and I like the fact that he's so direct and that Jonah Hill is, he's very, as you said earlier, I think it was you, Neil, he said he's very nervous and he plays that kind of nervous character with little emotion very well. Yeah. Um, and that he's not, his job isn't even kind of based on sports or even sound sporting. He's just, so he even says, well, whose nephew are you? As in, you're just jumping off the back of something else, yeah. getting paid easy money. And I should imagine that's the way it is, you know what I mean? If you've got a job for my son or yes. whoever. Like the old days. Yeah. Who you know, isn't it? Rather than what you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And he just does the, the facts and figures of analysing players of when they go through. And, and it's great that he listens to him because he could have mm. been very dismissive of this guy, couldn't he? Yeah. What do you know, son? <laughs> yeah. Why do you think it was that he, that he kind of picked his ear that he was so intrigued? I'd love to know. Well, it's just, I think he was, he's looking for something different, isn't he? Because he's talked to all his scouts and everything. And all he's hearing that is that bullshit. Like you were saying, Oh, his girlfriend looks funny or whatever. And all these other things that are just nothing to do with playing sport. And he's got this kid that has no idea about baseball other than figures. So it's, he's tried, you know, it's great that he took a chance on him in in real life. And this is a true story in the sense of rather than just going, oh, you're just a freaking number pusher. He's, he can see something beyond that. Yeah. And he had to do something different. Yeah. That's it. You know, he had to do something different to in order to try and succeed because he was never going to do it with the money he's got. And it's, yeah. 
it's brilliant. Yeah, and, and I think it's when he gives that speech about the player um, Johnny Damon mm. uh, as an example. You're trying to replace Johnny Damon. The Boston Red Sox see Johnny Damon and they see a star who's worth $7.5 million a year. When I see Johnny Damon, what I see is, is an imperfect understanding of where runs come from. The guy's got a great glove. He's a decent lead-off hitter. He can steal bases, but is he worth the $7.5 million a year that the Boston Red Sox are paying him? No. No. Baseball thinking is medieval. They are asking all the wrong questions. And if I say it to anybody, I'm, I'm ostracized. I'm, I'm, I'm a leper, so that's why I'm, I'm cagey about this with you. That's why I, I respect you, Mr. Bean, and if you want full disclosure, I think it's a good thing that you got Damon off of your payroll. I think that's when, because he's so knowledgeable and it's so out the box of what he's saying that Brad Pitt is really hooked at that point, isn't he? And the fact that he only studied economics and that he can talk baseball in so much detail that, yeah, he's kind of, he's got him hooked there. And, Again, he goes to the flashbacks of the regret that Brad Pitt has. Of mm. uh, I don't know if it is regret. I mean, he, we learned that he was a baseball player and that he he kind of went to major league, minor league, and he never made that cut. And it appeared, I don't know, but that it was more anxiety that was his problem, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. He, he had all the ability. They say he was a five-star player. He had everything. But when it came to performing in front of crowds and with men, he got pushed around, didn't he? And yeah. he, he just wasn't able to do it for whatever reason. Maybe he wasn't nurtured in the right way or whatever. But yeah, there was definitely anxiety around it. But I think any kid would, wouldn't they? If you were thrown into a major sport, you know, and you're not particularly confident yourself you're going to get swallowed up by these jocks and they're going to push you around and you know so yeah it takes a special kind of character to survive in that kind of industry i'd imagine yeah and he, and he hooks him and he hires him and his first day on the job when he arrives at that <coughs> oakland days he asks for an evaluation of three players and i, I think he does 57 players doesn't he yeah. I think he just doesn't want to be seen as an absolute geek, but you know, yeah, but he's put he's put the hours in. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. And it's really interesting because even though half the time I didn't really understand what he was talking about, when he first gives Brad Pitt that breakdown of and I didn't understand a lot of this, it meant nothing to me that he goes into so much detail, even to where a player throws the ball to where he's going to kind of score points or where someone runs or how they pick the ball up. Every single bit is analysed. And mm. and it's great because it goes against every single thing that at that time, all the other scouts and all the other owners and coaches that what they believed in, because no one wants to be proven that facts and figures on pieces of paper can beat like an old scout's intuition with 20 years, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you know what, the way I see it is that the, the, the scout sees that, he, 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 he visualises it, 
all he's doing is translating it into data. You know, the, the, the scout knows how a, how a, someone pitches a ball and, you know, the, the trajectory and, and all the all the mechanics involved in it. But he just sort of doesn't know the technicalities of it when it comes down to putting it on paper. All he's done is taken taken that, that what people see, I think, and, and just translated it into, into mathematics. Um, no, yeah. he, he hasn't. Because he has and he hasn't. Because... What he is doing, he isn't judging the person, whereas the scouts aren't judging their ability so much as they're judging who they are. Yeah, I don't. Oh, and how okay, they look, yeah. and that's why his way is different. So he looks at the analytics of right, this guy got this many runs, but they didn't pick him up because he's got a funny walk or whatever it might Throws be. So funny. Yeah, yeah, these types of things. Yeah. And they're basically, they're, they're, because they want the all-stars, the all-American or whatever it is, you know, type of person that everyone's going to love, they they don't, they can't see past that. To regardless of the fact. Yeah, regardless yeah. of the fact they do get, they yeah. do get the, the scores in. Yeah, exactly. So. Mm. And well, that's it. There's, it's just facts and figures. He doesn't yeah. even see some of the players, so there's no vanity with regards no. to like that fat guy who hit a home run. He didn't mm. even know he hit the ball exactly. and he fell yeah. over. And as you said earlier, that they hire that player who throws the ball in such a weird way that people won't even, even though he throws it exactly the same speed, sometimes faster, but because it's not orthodox, mm-hmm. that no one wants to hire him because he doesn't look right. But on paper, the figures are really, really impressive. Yeah, and I, I like that, that he can actually find a player without looking at him, just looking at his figures which is good and i was the only thing my disappointment in this film or actually there's a few but my biggest one is philip seymour hoffman who is an amazing actor was in a way he what he had to do he did well but he had such a kind of bit part for someone who's so good he's such a screen presence all the time he's on um hoffman is and, and i was a bit disappointed i wanted to see more of him yeah, I can understand that, but I, I suppose the whole point of this was, though, wasn't it? It was the story about Billy Bean and um, the other guy. Um, oh, sorry, uh, Peter. Peter Brand. Peter Brand. Yeah. That, you know, so yeah, for me, it didn't it didn't really hinder the film at all. To be honest, I can see what you're saying, but no, not for me. His nose is put out of joint because he's only offered a one-year contract, and you learn that Brad Pitt doesn't make many connections with the like the other staff, especially the players, because it's easier for him to cut them from the team within a, just basically a, a couple of sentences, and then they're gone. Mm. And um, Hoffman believes that he's it's not really a vote of confidence, and it doesn't look good on him that he's only offered a one-year contract, but that kind of changes throughout the film when, and I was surprised it went this way if it did in real life, but when they do start to succeed, that they, Hoffman gets all the credit for turning it around when behind the scenes, he's going against the system. And I like the fact that when it does get to the stage where under Hoffman's nose, that they sell the players that he wants to play because he's not playing ball, he's not following the instructions. So he's like, "Well, you're not playing him anymore. Why is that? Because well, because I've sold him, well, I've true. traded him in." Mm. 
That's the thing, though, isn't it? That's that's them. He's the general manager, and he's the one that's basically come across this. And all the old guard aren't interested at all. All they can do is tell him it's not going to work. They're not interested. You can just tell they're not going to try. Mm. And the only way he can do it, isn't it, is by basically he keeps telling him, you've got to play this player here, and he just won't do it. And they lose game after game after game. And, you know, it takes a big pair of balls to turn around and say, okay, you're not going to listen to me. I'll just sell all your players that you want to play. And you have to play the ones I've got. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. He really stuck to his guns, which is under so much pressure, especially as he lived in the area. He had his family. They were going to get the shit as well when the team started to play bad. And, yeah, I think it's great. And, when he's actually in that room with all the scouts and it's the first time that um, they meet Jonah Hill's character. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's, uh, again, <laughs> fair play that they're naming all these players and that Brad Pitt is shutting them all down and mm. he's naming the players and the way they look at Jonah Hill's character, I mean, the way they look at Peter Brand in utter disgust, sitting there with a yeah. suit, like, what the hell do you know about baseball? And you're telling us what players we should hire. It's such a good conversation. It's real confrontation. Okay, here's who we want. Number one, Jason's little brother, Jeremy. Oh, oh. Billy, that's trouble. Uh, Billy, look, if, if I, yeah, Billy, if I may, uh, he certainly has had his problems off the field, and we know that what he can't do on the field. He's getting a little thicker on the waist. Yeah. Well, and his reports about him on the weeds and the strip clubs. Well, his on-base percentage is all we're looking at now. And Jeremy gets on base an awful lot for a guy who only costs 285000 Wait a minute, let me get this straight. So, you're not going to bring in one, but three defective players to replace Jim. Is that what I'm hearing? You're not buying into this Bill James bullshit, are you? This is the new direction of the Oakland A's. We are card counts at the blackjack table. We're going to turn the odds on the casino. That's fantastic. I just love the fact he goes, one of them goes, does he need to be in here? And he's like, yes, he does. And that was the end of it. Shut him down. Shut up. He's my guy. He's here. And they just aren't interested. Every player they mention, or because he brings up three names, doesn't he? Which is obviously the... One of the ones that Chris Pratt plays, and each one that they come up with, they basically shoot him down straight away, saying that you know that he's too fat, or his arm's gone, or whatever, and they just will not, yeah, will not listen. And it's yeah. just, and it, it's funny the way that he just shuts them down and chucks the name on the board. We're going yeah. for it, <laughs> and the look on their faces because obviously no. No one tells them no. And, and I, I was really surprised at this point. And obviously Brad Pitt's character is so strong and confident. But none of them challenge him in the fact that, and I don't think anyone did in this film, if I remember, of calling him like a, a failed baseball player, did they? No. At uh, one point, wasn't it? Um, Grady. Uh, was it Grady? The one of the, like, the chief scouts. He basically, you know, slaps him on the shoulder and sort of says he doesn't doesn't have a fucking clue because he didn't make it. And that's when he said, because he goes, I'm not going to fire you. And as soon as he said that, he goes, actually, yeah, you're fired. You can fuck off. Mm. Sort of thing. Oh, of course he does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a time when, yeah, it it does become 
<laughs> fucking close to the bone of. Uh, yeah. I, I must admit, I thought they were going to have a tear up at one point. Mm. Yeah, I was surprised they didn't. To be honest, those two, because yeah. you know. But there you go. Yeah, I, I really like the scene um, with that. The, it's Ray Donovan who that Kerry Story plays his daughter. That's what she's in. She's really, really good in this. And mm. I love the bond between them two of when she's singing and. I just think the chemistry between them two on screen is really, really good. I thought for someone who's so young, she did so, so well. That worked really well, didn't it? Interesting as well that you didn't, that was the only part, piece of his personal life you actually saw. It didn't really bring you into his, into his personal life at all, did it? Like, no. Apart from him going to see, spending time with her. And then obviously at some point, going to his um his ex-wife and her partner's home you saw nothing of his personal life he was always in the office or just sat making phone calls um and, and the other thing, interesting thing as well that i noticed with this is that he never seemed to attend a game did he he was never at a game no it was his thing wasn't it, it was just it was his superstition wasn't it <clears throat> yeah he just didn't like it and <laughs> i remember when they, he's listening to the game and they're losing and he's in the car and he chucks his, he smashes his radio against the window, doesn't he? And he chucks it out because they're losing. And, I, and he gets out of the car, thought, oh, he's going to go and retrieve it. And he doesn't, he just stamps on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a, tim- a, uh, a temper similar to what I've got. <laughs> but um, yeah, the the conversation he has, and that's what you're referring to, Neil, with... Um, that Grady Fuson played by uh, Ken Medlock. That's yeah, he does refer to him, and they do have a sex suit. And and that's when Brad Pitt or Billy Bean says to him, kind of adapt or just move on. And that they kind of question each other's ability, and he just fucking sacks him. And fair play to him. If he's not gonna be part of the program, then there's nowhere else to go, is there? Well, of course not. At the end of the day, you've come up with this idea. And you and yeah, it's either going to work or it's not. But unless everyone's behind it and you're the person, you're the manager, then what's the point? You might as well go somewhere else and be happy. Because if you're just going around trying to, you know, jeopardise it, what's the point? Because you're not gaining anything, are you? No. It's just a shit move, really. Yeah, but, and even in their practice, that it doesn't work, and they're a, an absolute shambles. And I, I kind of when they put. Because they were saying that the character who um, Chris Pratt, that Scott um, Hatberg or Hateberg, or, that, Hatberg, yeah, that his arm's gone. So they, mm. but he, the figures show he'll work well on first base because he can catch and he doesn't need to throw. It, was that the reason why? For that, was that what first base is about? I didn't really understand it to be honest. Yeah, you, well, that's the that's the first place that a player has to run to, isn't it? when they're going so you know if so you don't need to throw you just need to catch is that basically yeah catch or the you know you might have to throw to one of the other people in the diamond but you're most likely to receive the ball first because that's where they they're sort of running to if you like i guess first i don't know completely but that's how i took it yeah i don't know what about you paul was that your reasoning or understanding why they put um, Chris Pratt on first base rather than anywhere else? Just as Neil said, yeah, that was my understanding. Yeah, I'm glad. I, that's what I thought it was. But 
they do go on a, a losing, a, quite a big losing streak, don't they? Mm. And it's pretty disastrous to be honest, because nothing is working out. And that, but they still stick together, and you don't get the arguments. You never get Brad Pitt um, questioning Jonah Hill as to what have you got me into. And I like the fact that they both always have that bond, always have that confidence in each other, and they never turn on each other. Uh, that was a really good thing to see in this film, because that would have been too easy, I think, wouldn't it? No, definitely. I mean, at one point, he does ask him, doesn't he, do you believe in what you're selling? Because of how timid he is a person, and he basically gets him to sort of say, no, I do believe in it. Mm. And that was quite a nice moment. But the reason, the only reason they went on this massive losing streak was because his coaches that he's got to try and work with these players and build them their confidence back up weren't interested. Yeah, that's right. That's and that, that was it. yeah, Hoffman proved that, didn't he? When he said to him, mm. he gave him the team sheet and he agreed it. And during the game, he then played who he wanted to play. Mm. Yeah, which. I liked, and there was there was so much apathy in the team as well. I mean, they, you know, at some point the <clears throat> um, Billy Bean crashed the the locker room party when they're actually partying after a loss. You know, yes. uh, so there was just this apathy. They didn't really care. They'd lost. They were still they were still enjoying themselves regardless. And like when you walk into a locker room when you've when you've you know y- your team's lost. You're, you know, especially if you own the damn thing, or you, 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 you know, the general manager of the thing, you don't expect them to be enjoying themselves. No, quite. Um, not. Yeah, I, I, as you say, which was good in many a ways because it was a case of he never. It was very unlikely or unlike him to go into the locker room to have any interaction with the players. Mm. <clears throat> and as we said earlier, the fact that he went in there and berated, who I think was one of their star players at the time who soon got canned, um, mm. was really good. And from there, it was either take a more of a hands-on approach or it's just not really going to work, is it? Yeah. yeah. He had to learn, didn't he, that if he wanted the best out of these players, his coaching staff weren't going to do it. So he had to take it on himself and actually be a manager, not just pushing players around and stuff like that. He actually had to get muddy and dirty with them and sort of give these players the confidence that they needed to be able to you know do the equations that have been worked out by Peter Brand because ultimately the scouts are right aren't they to a certain point that they know the players and if they're crap they're crap but it's probably for a reason and then you can coach someone hopefully to be better but if you're not going to coach them then they're not going to get anywhere are they mm. so it was nice that you got that transition from guy behind the scenes thinking he could just make it work by telling people what to do to realizing they had to get his hands dirty into himself and yeah and as you said earlier on i think as you to said <clears throat> they had to actually force their hand by sacking them but i'd also trading the players that the, the coaches insisted on playing yeah, which I liked. And it's really funny when he's sitting in the office with Jonah Hill and he's got the best secretary going, Suzanne, <laughs> yeah. when yeah. he shouts out, Very give, me this play, give me this person, that mm-hmm. person. And instantly they're on line three or line four. And man, she knows yeah. her stuff. And <clears throat> you've got Jonah Hill kind of coaching Brad Pitt 
telling him not to get emotional about this and stick to the facts and figures and to trust me that these people that we can afford to get rid of them and we can afford to bring these new players in and it's a good quick scene and it shows again how ruthless I mean these players have played with terrific money but they can be cut at any time during their career and have to up sticks yeah, which is awful isn't it it is because you don't really think about that all you think no. about is the money which is obviously 10 million a year they're on but you can't get settled it must be really kind of a lot of anxiety especially if you're having a bad season to think am i going to be unemployed lose all my sponsorship am i gonna have to move from north america to south america or, or just not ever work again yeah but that then shows you doesn't it because like some of the personalities of the baseball players they're being absolute dicks like that guy that was dancing on the table after they just lost like whatever game it was in a row you know play that that type of person doesn't help themselves do they no if they no. turn around and say oh you got set oh why it's your own fucking fault mate you're playing like shit and then the first thing you do is act like a knobhead about it it's like <clears throat> And I think as well, they're getting paid big bucks. And it's one of those, you, you go into a job knowing, knowing the, the, the pitfalls and the pluses, don't you? The, the, so you know there's always a risk. And if you don't play, you play a good game, if you're consistently rubbish, you know you're going to get canned. And, you know, you might, have to, you might be traded, you might be sacked. So yeah, you, you know the that's risk. Right. You, that's what you go into. So, you know, it, it's... It's yeah. fairly transparent, isn't it? You know that you have to play well and toe the line or Quite. you're potentially going to go somewhere and it like Stu said it could be the arse end of nowhere or nothing at all like any um, job really isn't yeah it? it's just, of course it is you perform where you're out <laughs> yeah but I suppose in professional sport it's a it's different in the sense of if you're just working in a supermarket let's say and you get fired you could probably go to another one and there's millions of them in where you live but if you want to carry on playing professional sport especially in a country the size of America you know, I mean, that's hundreds yeah. and hundreds and miles, isn't it? Potentially. Mm, mm. Yeah, and it, I, I like the fact, and it's a really good scene as well. And I think Joni Hill, to his credit, does this very, very well. That when Brad mm. Pitt tells him, "Right, you're going to go and uh, sack Pena," tell him he's gone. And the conversation, he says, "Just tell him he's gone. That's it. You don't have to break any conversation. There's no emotion in this." And I like the conversation he has with him, followed by the conversation he has with um, Philip Seymour Hoffman about you're not playing Peña tonight, you're starting hate oh, first. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely it's, brilliant. It's so good, isn't it? It is. It's it's fantastic. And he's like, no, I will play him. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will. No, no you really won't. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, you can't start him. It's impossible for you to start <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> he's gone. Okay, lineup card is definitely yours. I'm just saying you can't start paying it first. Well, I am starting him at first. I don't think so. He plays for Detroit now. You traded Pena? Yeah. And then Aquino, Hilgis, Tam are all being sent down. You are outside your mind. Yeah. Cuckoo. Want to see me? Yeah, Jeremy, grab a seat. Jeremy, you've been traded to the Phillies. 
This is Ed Wade's number. He's a good guy. He's the GM. He's expecting your call. Buddy will help you with the plane flight. You're a good ball player, Jeremy. And we wish you the best. Jeremy's gone too. You're killing this team. Uh, and he's just, oh, he totally just, yeah, it just fucks him over basically. And then followed that, Brad Pitt then sacks that guy um, right in front of um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who was dancing on the tables earlier. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's just, <laughs> it's a massive middle finger up to say, <laughs> You brought this on everyone. You were the one who continued picking them when I said don't. So now Jeremy's gone, Panya's gone, and you cannot pick these players. You're going to pick my players. Yeah, and and like I said earlier, that's some big balls to do that, isn't it? To mm. turn around and say, you know what, you're not listening to me. I'm just going to take this, you know, the wood from underneath your feet, so so mm. to speak. And you're you're going to have to do it my way because you're yeah. gonna sink or swim, mate sort of thing yeah so and then yeah and you kind of get a montage after that of jonah hill and brad pitt speaking <laughs> to these various players of um you've got a batting average of this many points you can up it to that many i don't really understand what they mean but and it, it, telling them where to throw the ball where to stand and it just it's really really interesting and it looks all um proper data that they were using rather than yeah. just these shitty graphs and that and it's it's great because things slowly start to progress and they do work because the players buy, really just buy into the idea which is nice they do i think the only one that had an issue wasn't it was um justice the old yes. guy, yeah, the older guy. yeah and he starts try he hit a few nerves about oh you're going to teach me something are you knowing that obviously mm. his path wasn't as easy as and all that sort of stuff and i did like that conversation between them sort of thing i i, I like that the fact yeah. that they sort of had a bit of a tatate and then he's like no you're going to do it my way and because you are on your last legs mate i've given you a fucking chance here so come on and then he he, ta- he does he you know he buys into it doesn't he in the fact he that he to, says well, he did have to, and the fact that he did it in a way of saying, you know, you are, you know, you're the older one now. You're 36, and you know, you need to be a role model because you're coming to the end. And he sort of took it on, on didn't he? Because you mm. then had that scene where he speaks to Chris Pratt's character to try and to try and give him confidence. But the fact that he turned around and goes, you know, what scares you? He goes. Oh, the ball being hit at me. Yeah. <laughs> in my general direction. Yeah. yeah. It's like, he was serious. <laughs> yeah, no, what's really wrong? Yeah, no, that is what's wrong. It's like, <laughs> he didn't know what to do with that. He's like, yeah. okay, yeah, like, good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Great chat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was really good. And then you, again, you kind of get a slow montage of Jonah Hill looking at the facts and figures of the way the team progressing and they go on a win of 17 at the time they wanted to get they got 20 wins in a row didn't they mm. 
Yeah, they equaled the all-time record, which was 17, didn't they? Which was yeah. by the Yankees. And they wanted to go for 20, because that's sort of, obviously, the next big number, if you like, round number. But, yeah. Yeah. And again, huge. And they were crediting the manager. They were crediting Philip Seymour Hoffman for turning the team around. And not once did Brad Pitt, or whether he did in real life, I honestly don't know, um, or whether it was public knowledge, um, of the fact that they were behind it, but they never came forward to say, like, this is my idea, you know? No, he was just no. happy, just happy running with it, wasn't he? Yeah. He just, he was just pleased it worked rather than putting, you know, if you start coming out and going, well, it's nothing to do with my manager, it's all about me. It's, you know, he's doesn't want to knock anything that's going on because he's finally got it working, you know? His manager is an arrogant twat who wasn't interested and is now getting all the praise, but that's generally what happens, though, isn't it? When things start going wrong or right, even if they've had nothing to do with it themselves, a manager will always take the credit. <laughs> yeah. And they, I mean, the World Series always makes me laugh because it isn't the World Series, is it? Really, it's it's just teams in America playing. It's that's an Americanism, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's nonsense, but. Um, he does actually end up going back to the stadium um, because his team are trying to qualify for, again, my, I apologise to anyone who's a massive baseball fan because I just don't really understand it. They're, they need to beat Kansas City to qualify for, I don't know, the World Series final or the finals of something, don't they? Basically, you have your regional leagues. Um, so like American football, you'll know more about this, Paul. But you have your area in which you play in. And then once you get past that, you then play the other other areas, the mm. other leagues. Mm-hmm. And then basically it's like a knockout competition. The last two go into the final and win the World Series. So yeah. that's basically Super how it seven, works. Isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. obviously America's so big, you can't be flying everyone all over the country all the time. So it's a bit like, I suppose, lower league English football. You've got South and North leagues yeah that's basically it right there's a and in this game there's a a kind of redemption moment for philip seymour hoffman where they need a home run to win and they and kansas have come back from from being a massive deficit and he just picks up a baseball bat and and hopper says i just go and hit it that's it basically we've got nothing to lose and he just walks up there, Chris Pratt does, and he hits this home run and they get through. And, and in real life, apparently, because it wasn't his bat, it was another bat, not a license to him. Obviously, it was accepted, the home run and the victory, but he got fined for using a bat that wasn't his bat, which is really, really bizarre. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Isn't That's it? bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, that it's is abs- really bizarre. It's absolutely mental. But yeah, he just smashes it. And the speeds, and it always amazes me, and it is incredible, the speeds they throw this ball and how small that bat is, the fact that they yeah. can hit that back is the incredible, accuracy. isn't it? The accuracy of it, yeah. And the speed yeah. that ball goes out as well. And you see the way that um, when you when you watch them play, you, when you watch them hit the ball, they start with two hands and end up off the, off the side with one. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the speed with which hit that ball especially when it gets as far as the crowd. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I don't enjoy 
the sport, but I certainly appreciate just how much skill and ability yeah. goes into it because it's it's just incredible. And the fact that they can throw the ball so fast and put so much curl in it, it it's so good. It's just like cricket. I find cricket mm. incredibly dull. But <laughs> it's because it is. Yeah, exactly. But there is that skill. It's like everything, dance Mm. and snooker and other shit sports that (laughs) sometimes aren't really sports. You know, I've always wondered, like, how many injuries you get in the crowd from when the baseball gets hit into the crowd. Like, how many people have lost their teeth over the years, over the decades? Oh, shitloads, I should imagine. Probably, yeah. yeah. There's some great scenes, even in football matches, where someone takes like a free kick or something and they smash it into the crowd and you've got people <laughs> duck out the way and the unsuspecting person sit behind them, gets them full on my face. Uh, yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. But they do go to an, like, an elimination game um, and that's the kind of the game followed on from Kansas City. And... Again, I, I don't know what this game means, but it's the playoffs and the Western Division title. And I think this is the game that that they need to win. And they failed to win this game. And they, they never actually did win the uh, the World Series, did they? The, no. uh, the, the Oakland Athletics? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they've never, they haven't won it yet. And it, and I like the fact that they didn't win it because it would have been a proper Disney ending. And you do see him go into Boston Red Sox. And at that time at Fenway Park, he was offered the biggest contract. I think it was $112 million to become yeah. the general manager. Yeah. And he turned yeah. it down. Which is weird, isn't it? It's, I, find, I mean, it's, it's nice that he did it for his own personal reasons. But all he's ever wanted to do is win it. And then he has an opportunity to go to a team that he can still use his idea, because that's the whole point of why he was given the opportunity. Mm. And he would have had more funds and more ability to get in the players that and all this. And he turns it down because he wants to do it with Oakland, which is near on impossible. And the Red Sox, can gather. the Red Sox did actually use his theory, didn't they? Eventually, yeah. and, and a couple of years later, and and. They had, they did you know their their scores improved so you think that had he have uh, yeah he had nothing to lose by going there no because no, he'd, 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 carried, he'd, he'd carried on with his with his with his formula and you know his yeah. same, the same mentality so he you know it, it's a shame that he didn't and he wouldn't have to ask to me twice now is he no but and then and the the owner of the Boston Red Sox every time I see him. It's Cowboy from um, Full Metal Jacket, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it I just can't picture him in anything else <laughs> apart from Full Metal Jacket. What's your excuse? Sir, excuse for what, sir? I'm asking the fucking questions here, Private. Do you understand? Sir, yes, sir. Well, thank you very much. Can I be in charge for a while? Sir, yes, sir. Are you shook up? Are you nervous? Sir, I am, sir. Do I make you nervous? Sir! Sir, what? Are you about to call me an asshole? Sir, no, sir! How tall are you, Private? Sir, five foot nine, sir! Five foot nine? I didn't know they stacked shit that high. You trying to squeeze an inch in on me somewhere, huh? Sir, no, sir! Bullshit, it looks to me like the best part of you ran down to crack your mama's ass and ended up as a brown stain on the mattress. I think you've been cheated. 
Where in hell are you from anyway, Private? Sir, Texas, sir! Holy dog shit! Texas only steers and queers come from Texas, Private Cowboy! And you don't much look like a steer to me, so that kind of narrows it down. No. It's really can't, strange. Can't. <laughs> Definitely. But, as you say, he does turn that down. He goes back to Oakland. Um, and he kind, of, he kind of stayed there ever since. And as you said earlier, that a lot of the other teams took up the kind of the principle of the like the analytics and the statistics from other players and and it's great that conversation and when they show the actual footage of this kind of quite overweight guy hit the ball run and everyone laughs at him because he falls over first base and you realize they're laughing at him not because he fell over because he's overweight but because he hit an absolute monster of a home run yeah. and that and it kind of shows that there is that ability out there if you go if you overlook the uh, like the all-american boy as you said earlier that the the ability's there it just needs to be kind of finely tuned but my question when i was speaking to like um adele about this that do you think that obviously he had those figures and it proved right but he never won the world series and that 0.1% missing was the fact that that natural ability is the thing that takes you over that line. And that's why he didn't do it. That and money. Because ultimately, he's picking up players that nobody else wants because of the fact that they had this certain issue that they didn't like. But if he'd gone into the Red Sox with the same ideas and the ability to buy the players that he could want, he would have got a better quality of player. There's no doubt of that. So with that players come the ability though, doesn't it? So well, in the end it does. it does come down to that natural ability rather than over the figures. But I suppose they won twenty games in a row, so they do. It does. It, it works both ways, doesn't it? You, you will always have people that have special moments in games. And and they say that in this, don't they? It's, it's about those moments where, you know, someone just has a, a, a moment of genius or can be the opposite where they completely fuck something up, you know, and it, it changes things around. But ultimately, if he's at a club with more money behind it he can get a better quality of player he did really well with what he had but he had a load of players that no one else wanted and they had issues if you see what I mean they did have yeah. player player issues he just used them in a different format to try and get the best out of them yeah. hence why hence it doesn't matter what schematic you use you will the teams with money in any sport will always end up winning the majority of things because they've got the money. Yeah, to buy better no, players. I agree, mate. I, I honestly agree. I think it was a good experiment, but I think money and natural ability will always, yeah. in the long run, outdo these figures. But I mean, fair play to him. He stayed there when, and he, and he even says at the end of this film, I've already made one decision based on money in my life, and I'll never do that again. And it, it kind of finishes nicely of when he's uh, in his car and he plays that CD with his daughter singing. And yeah, it's just such a nice kind of ending to the film. You know what I mean? And 
even though there's something... I think it works really, really well. Kept calling him a loser. Yeah. I was like, that's a bit harsh. It's a nice song. Probably in a joke. Over and over again. Yeah, Yeah. maybe it was an in-joke that I didn't get. No. (laughs) No, I didn't get it either, to be honest. But I just thought it was a very sweet thing for for a daughter to do for a dad and I'm, I'm sure any dad would appreciate that unless your daughter's got a really horrific voice when you chuck the CD out the window but <laughs> just yeah. say I listened to it <laughs> yeah, that was accidentally lost when I threw it out the window yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that was Moneyball so uh, I mean it, it's a film that yeah I, I kind of didn't expect to be doing ever to be honest but <laughs> <laughs> or ever again yeah or yeah. well no, no no i mean i mean if you do you want me to go first and yeah you go first mate. Just, go on. i i enjoyed it i don't think i'd watch it again um but i i really enjoyed the brad pitt i thought he was absolutely brilliant and he was the glue that stuck it all together um again i, I kind of Jonah hill was very good um but i think anyone could have played his role I, I don't know. We differ on that, which is great. Uh, I, I thought it was good. They stuck to the story. I think I'd have enjoyed it more if I would have known previously about this and wanted some insight into it because I found the baseball side of it a bit boring. Um, I appreciate how good they are, but I found it dull because I, I, sometimes I paused it and I had to look up what they were actually talking about because I didn't get it. I mean, like mm. bunting was it bunting that's what they hang out windows and shit like that i i didn't know what bunting was but i like to know these things i know you guys don't but my brain needs to know what they're talking about because i might miss out and and i've missed out on the matrix and i'm not going to do shit like that again <laughs> so you got there but, eventually you got there yeah eventually. i got there eventually after what 23 years or yeah. 22 years 22 yeah two years it's fine not too bad I liked it. It was great. It was good that it wasn't jazzed up at the end and that it was what it was. Um, and it made me go and do a little bit of reading and, on uh, the internet and a few videos. But it was good. I won't watch it again. I'll give it a three out of five. And I, I'd recommend it to people, but I'd recommend it with a warning that if you're not really into any sports whatsoever, you may find this a bit boring. But that is only my opinion, honestly. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I'll be honest. Like I said at the start, I had no idea around baseball. When I found out it was a baseball film, I did think, "Oh bloody hell!" <laughs> I don't know anything about it. What has Paul chosen? Fuck my life. Yeah. Is that all Titanic? I'm joking. Yeah. Well, I would have walked out. Um, <laughs> but I was uh, anyway. I put it on. I thought you've got to do it. So let's just get on with it. And I'll yeah. be honest, I absolutely love this film. I would I would recommend it to anyone to watch it. I would I wouldn't even worry about the fact it's about baseball because it to me the sport element of it doesn't really matter because it's all about the story of an underdog and trying something completely different. You could have you know, the fact that this is a real true story or based on a true story and it's the fact that it happened in baseball is just the fact that it happened in baseball if it had, like i said earlier if it happened in any other sport it's the story of what happened is far outweighs for me what the sport is because ultimately like you said Stu, what i didn't know what bunning was or any of these other things but ultimately i don't, 
don't care because I know like, I'm never going to walk away from this and go, I'm going to go and watch baseball on TV because it's not my kind of sport. So, but Brad's his ability in this film to act the way he did was fantastic. And I don't think there was anybody in this film that I thought, oh, they're not very good or anything like that. There was lots of people that probably could have been played by anybody else, such as Philip Seymour Hoffman, fantastic actor, didn't need to be him because he wasn't in it enough, if you see what I mean. Same with Chris yeah. Pratt or Jonah Hill, even though I did like Jonah Hill's acting in this. And um, I probably think there's aren't really any bad bits because I like the fact of the speed of the film it didn't really have any lulls in it it just carried on going and kept my interest i'd happily watch it again i'd recommend it to anyone i'll give it a good four and a half out of five oh, wow for this i honestly didn't think i'd enjoy it but it's one of those films and this doesn't happen very, very often where i sat there afterwards for the next couple of days thinking about how good it was and certain points within the film and I like an underdog story and because I support a really crap football team, if anything like this, any sort of success for someone that doesn't have shit loads of money instantly gets my, you know, I, it gets credence for me because I just love that kind of thing. And the fact it's based on real life just sends it right through the roof. So, yeah, yeah it's very it interesting, isn't it? It is very, very interesting film. Yeah, yeah. So I've waffled on enough. Go on then, Paul. Yeah, it's your so, film. Yeah, so I enjoyed it. <clears throat> I think, I think, like you said, Neil, and I've always liked an underdog film. Watching the watching the underdog come out on top, well, nearly on top as it, this was in the end, um, and that the fact that it was a, a real life story intrigued me anyway. Um, baseball, like you, not really into it. Um, I'd watch it. Um, it might be something that I'd watching sort of get into later on um but i and i i think that well, i know Stu, you like to know everything and you'll go back and you'll research it and stuff but for me i think there was enough detail in there to carry the film through without me feeling lost um and not um you know i i think they wouldn't have aimed it at they, they probably aimed it at people that wouldn't have any knowledge on on baseball so it was it was there wasn't enough detail really to um, to confuse me really, um, but and that's easily done. But no, <laughs> I enjoyed the film. I really enjoyed it. I, I thought Brad Pitt was good. I thought Jonah Hill was good. I really liked the the the, the boardroom uh, or the or the the, the uh, conferences they had where he's sort of shutting down his his uh, scouts. Um, I like the dynamics between him and Jonah Hill. You could see that this. You know, he, he, almost as if Peter Brandt was a bit of an underdog as well, wasn't he, really? But he ended up driving the whole thing at the end of the film, by the end of the film. Yeah. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. I'd probably say four out of five, watch it again, and I'd recommend it. Wow, that's good. Good scores. I mean, I agree. That I don't think there are any bad parts of this film at all. I think it's not that kind of film where there is bad parts to it because it's based on a true story and it's factual. So I think you can't say... I thought it was nonsense, the fact that he did this, because, well, he actually did it, so... Can't be nonsense. Yeah, Yeah. get used to the idea. (laughs) So, yeah, which it's... Which kind of makes it difficult to review in a way, doesn't it? 
yeah, I guess it does. It, it, but there again, it depends, isn't it? Again, I think films like this is a personal choice, isn't it? Because some mm. people will like real life underdog or whatever stories, and other people just like pure make believe action. You know, like Paul says, we only really ever do actiony type films generally, and to do this, I I thought it would be more divisive if you if you like. But mm. I think you either like these type of films or you don't. Yeah. Really, yeah. But I think, to be honest, and I, I still stick with it, that it wouldn't have been as enjoyable to watch if it wasn't Brad Pitt, if it wasn't Jonah Hill, if it wasn't um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. That those people in it got me excited to see what they were going to do on screen. And the story is good, don't get me wrong. And it is very interesting because it's true and it's like, it's just so original concept to do at that time. But I, I feel early on in the film, before you got to know what was actually happening, the fact that Brad Pitt was in it and you waited to see what he was going to do and Jonah Hill kept me entertained. If it wasn't for them, I, I think some people could easily think, yeah, I'll, I'll switch it off. I'll watch it later. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I so this film, it reminds, this film reminds me of The Blind Side in that it's a massive underdog film that comes out on top in the end. Um, and it's a true story. Again, it's about sport, isn't it? It's about, about American football, but there's not too much of the, there's not too much technical information in the, in the film to, to confuse the, to confuse the viewer. Um, so it kind of reminded me a bit, a bit about the blind side. So I've not seen that film purely no, because, I don't like American football. And I, but it's not... It, it, honestly, mate, look, I'm, I'm going to try and get Nicole to, 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 to watch it because it is, it's a really good... It's a ni- I know um, it's a really nice family film. It, it, and it's, it's all about the, it's all about the, the charity and, and shown by Sandra Bullock to, to this, this lad, um, Michael Owa, who's, um, he's a, he ends up being a, a, a huge offensive lineman. Um, but but it's it, it's a really good family story. Would you agree, Neil? I've not seen it, mate. So Have you not? No, I I think like Stu, and maybe it is maybe I shouldn't look at things like that. But I do tend to look at American sports that I don't understand, and I would never I would never have watched this film in a million years yeah. because I have no interest in baseball whatsoever. Yeah. And what I loved about the fact is it has really nothing to do with baseball. It does in the sense that it is what the sport is, but the story isn't. It's more about him, I found. Yeah. And I liked his journey rather yeah. than the sport. But I think that's my naivety. I'm probably missing out on good films because I have, I don't have any interest in the, the core subject of what, the background subject, if you yeah. like. I think we're all similar in that respect. It's down to taste, isn't it? It's like, yeah. do you want to invest in two two hours, two and a half hours in a in a movie that you've got no interest in? Probably not. Yeah, I think due to this, as you said, Neil, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I'm completely guilty as well. That I looked at the Blind Side, and for a long time, I thought that's American football. I really, I'm just not interested in it. But having watched this, I, I feel like. I could easily go and visit the blind side now. Stu, watch it, mate. Watch well, honestly, it. I, I, I promise you, it's a, it's a really, really, really good film. Is it better Sandra than Titanic? Great. 
Because <laughs> you like Titanic, <laughs> I can never forgive you for that. Hundred, hundred million percent, eleven percent better. Honestly, seriously, it's a, this this yeah, film is this film is huge. It's such a good film. Sandra Bullock's great. All the cat, all the cast are fantastic, and the story, the story is amazing. Honestly, and it's, 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 it's again, it's a true story, but it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's all about the the adopt this lad as the family, and it's just and she's. You you'll you'll come away really loving Sandra Bullock's character. She's brilliant, and you'll have a chuckle on the way as well. Seriously. Ah, have a look. Well, next week Neil is in the dock, where we are doing 2005: The Island, <laughs> starring yeah. uh, Scarlett Johansson, Ewan McGregor, Sean Bean, Steve Buscemi, and for those yeah. who haven't seen that, it's a man living in a futuristic sterile colony begins to question is. Um, circumscribed existence when his friend is chosen to go to an island, the last uncontaminated place on Earth. And this is directed by Michael Bay, so we can expect lots of explosions, mm. lots of slow motion walks. <laughs> uh, can we expect Sean Bean to, to be in it after the first 10 minutes alive? It'll be interesting to see. I mean, have you seen <laughs> the island, Paul? No, you, no, I'm not, no. Ah, it'll be interesting then. Yes. So what you think, mate? Uh, I have never yeah. seen so many films. I know you've never seen go. so many films that are in kind of the two thousands and not the nineteen eighties. <laughs> I reckon. I, re- I reckon I've seen more films in the last two years than I've seen in my entire life. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, mate. Nothing wrong with that. So. All twenty five years of them. <laughs> so we'll be doing the island we hopefully will be joined by James and possibly Rab, and we'll also come up with. The next films that we're going to see for the rest of September and for October as well. So stay tuned to the next podcast and uh, you'll find out what's going on. This will be uploaded pretty soon. Check out our YouTube channel um, with basically the same podcast on there at the moment. So if you're listening to this, you forget about the YouTube channel because you've heard it already. (laughs) But Cobra Kai is coming out. We'll be doing that. And no doubt when... um, Hawkeye comes out, we'll be doing that as well. So there is so much more to come. But yeah, we hope you enjoyed this. And if you've never watched baseball, check it out. And uh, as Neil and Paul said, you may well enjoy it. So don't be miserable bastard like me. (laughs) So hope you join us next week. Thanks very much, boys and girls, for listening. Take care, and we'll be back very soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.